0: This is Tom Keen introducing you to the Bloomberg Daybreak Podcast. Every day, Nathan Hager, Karen Moscoe, and Michael Barr bring you a roundup of the top stories. It's all on the Daybreak Podcast feed by 6 a.m. each morning. And today, for our Bloomberg Surveillance audience, we bring you a sample of the show.
1: Good morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with oil rising to start the new year. Iran sending a warship to the Red Sea in an escalation of tensions in the region. The show of force comes after the U.S. Navy destroyed three Houthi boats, which were attempting to board a container on New Year's Day. Elizabeth Kendall is a Middle East specialist from Cambridge University and says the two are clearly interlinked.
2: Iran is puppeteering Hamas, the Houthis, and other movements like Hezbollah in the Middle East. And the Houthi slogan, indeed, includes the words uh, death to Israel and a curse on the Jews. So it's very
1: much uh, aligned with uh, Hamas's more militant and extreme wing. Cambridge University's Elizabeth Kendall checking oil right now. NYMEX crude oil up more than 2 percent or $1.49, now trading at $73.13 a barrel. Karen.
2: Well, Amy, oil isn't the only thing on the move this morning. We're also seeing Bitcoin on the rise following through on last year's massive rally. And we get more from Bloomberg Markets reporter Joe Easton. It is up another 4% at the moment, at the highest level since April 6th, above $45,000 for the first time in two years. This is due to the expectation of the direct investment from this ETF. So that is boosting sentiment and a lot of positivity. People looking for more technical levels for that one to keep going higher. Bloomberg's Joe Easton says Bitcoin has risen over 20% since the start of December as that January 10th deadline for the Securities and Exchange Commission to give its blessing for a spot Bitcoin ETF draws closer. Checking Bitcoin right now, it's at $45,700.
1: Over in Europe, stocks are also higher to kick off the new trading year. Let's get the latest from Bloomberg Daybreak Europe anchor Stephen Carroll. Stephen.
0: Good morning, Amy and Karen. The tensions in the Red Sea are playing into the market narrative in Europe today. Shares in the shipping giant Maersk have risen after it stopped using that key trade route for 48 hours following the weekend attack on one of its vessels. Higher oil prices are also helping to lift oil majors, making energy one of the best-performing sectors on the stock 600. More broadly, it's the Spanish and Italian markets which are outperforming, boosted by a rise in bank shares. In London, Stephen Carroll, Bloomberg Radio.
2: All right, Stephen, thank you all back here in the US. Wall Street returns to a holiday-shortened week to kick off the new trading year, and we get a look ahead from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet.
0: The
3: S&P 500 index sits within striking distance of its first in two years. But a key challenge for markets is the outlook for the economy and corporate earnings. Michael Binger is the president of Gradient Investments. The economy, I think, is very resilient. Jobs are driving that. Corporate profits are supposed to grow about 10-11 percent. And valuations, I mean, they're not really cheap, but they're not super expensive either in the markets right now. Among this week's earnings reports, Constellation Brands and
1: Walgreens Boots Alliance. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Charlie. In 2023, some of Wall Street's biggest names got it wrong with their predictions for how markets would perform. So will they fare better in 2024? Bloomberg has compiled more than 650 calls from strategists in today's big take. Sam Potter is a senior markets editor for Bloomberg.
2: Most strategists on Wall Street see the interest rate hikes of the past 18 months two years finally start to bite. Economies generally around the world start slow, and that will kind of pre-run a central bank pivot round about mid-year.
1: Bloomberg Senior Markets Editor Sam Potter adds that strategists see the main risks to the markets, inflation and the U.S. election.
2: Well, in corporate news, Amy, China's BYD may have just overtaken Tesla as the world leader in EV sales. It sold more than 526,000 fully electric vehicles in the fourth quarter. Bloomberg's John Lewis, more from Beijing. When BYD passes Tesla, uh, it'll do two things. I think that's going to put this company into the consciousness of people around the world in a way that that company has not had ever before. The number two thing it does is it really underscores how dominant a position China, not only as a market, but as a
3: country with lots of companies producing electric vehicles, how dominant a position China has in that industry now.
2: And Bloomberg's Don Lu says Tesla is estimated to have delivered over
1: 483,000 in the fourth quarter alone. Speaking of China, President Xi Jinping has pledged to strengthen his country's economic recovery after a tough year. Bloomberg's Jenny Marsh has more from Hong Kong.
2: This is Xi Jinping's New Year's Eve speech, and he normally uses it to sort of trumpet the achievements his nation's major in the year. And I think this speech really stood out for how candid he was being about these problems. It's the first time he's acknowledged that the struggles that 2023 have brought, it also sort of underplayed in some ways the problems that are still lying ahead in 2024 for the economy, and he didn't really have any sort of quick fixes for that.
1: Bloomberg's Jenny Marsh says China is entering a pivotal period as policymakers try to boost growth, stabilize a crisis in the property market, and prevent deflation. Beijing is expected to target a growth goal of around 5% again in 2024.
2: Meanwhile, Amy, the Biden administration has won another battle in its effort to try and slow China from building its own semiconductor industry. We get more with Bloomberg's Ed Baxter.
0: ASML Holding has canceled shipments of some of its machines to China at the Biden request. This week's before the export bans on the high-end chip making came into effect. The Dutch manufacturer had licenses to ship three top-of-the-line deep ultraviolet lithography machines, but before the deadline, it decided to cancel the orders. The U.S. and allies have been trying to block access to the technology. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio.
1: Here in time now for a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world, and for that we're joined by Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael.
4: Good morning, Amy. The death toll has now climbed to 48 after a magnitude 7.6 earthquake struck Japan. The quake hit off the Noto Peninsula on Japan's northwest coast. This man, a Tokyo resident and U.S. national, was visiting Toyama when the quake hit. First, the uh, tremor just started very slowly. And, and and everybody kind of left it off. You know, they thought, oh, this is this is, uh, kind of humorous, you know, on New Year's Day. And then, it's, then it was just a violent shake. The tremor was followed by hundreds of aftershocks. A plane is on fire right now on the runway of Tokyo's Hanada Airport. Authorities say a large burst of fire erupted from the side of a Japan Airlines plane as it taxied on the runway. All of the 379 passengers and crew were said to be safely evacuated. Israel's Supreme Court struck down a key component of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's contentious judicious overhaul. Before the October 7th Hamas attack into southern Israel, the planned overhaul sparked months of mass protests threatened to trigger a constitutional crisis between the judicial and legislative branches of government. The FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force is assisting police in Rochester, New York to investigate a car crash that killed two people and injured five others outside a performing arts theater in the early hours of New Year's Day. The crash happened in front of the Kodak Center. It became a large scene due to a fire which had erupted as a result of the crash, and police also say several gas cans were Found in and around the striking vehicle. Rochester Mayor Malik Evans. I want to offer my condolences to those families, those individuals that lost their lives, and I ask the community to pay, pray not only for those that have lost their lives, but also those that are injured. Terrorism investigators are trying to determine if this was just a car accident or something far worse. New York City's effort to stop migrant buses has resulted in the buses arriving instead in neighboring New Jersey. Over the weekend, buses from Texas and Louisiana began dropping off asylum seekers at several New Jersey transit stations. From there, the asylum seekers are believed to have taken trains to New York City. Edison, New Jersey Mayor Sam Joshi says the buses are a major risk to health and security.
3: The solution for me as
0: the mayor of Edison is not to pawn it off to another mayor.
3: Global
4: News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Amy.
1: All right. Thank you, Michael. And we do bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio. And now you can get the news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Sports Report, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. For that, we bring in John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. A couple
3: of terrific games in the college football playoff semifinals, overtime at the Rose Bowl after Michigan tied Alabama with a late touchdown in OT. Wolverines had the ball first. Out of the shotgun. Corum again. This time he bounces it. He's got the first down and more. Corum inside the five. Corum- In the call. Michigan then stopped Fama Jalen Milrow on a fourth down and won 27-20. J.J. McCarthy threw three TD passes. And then came the Sugar Bowl, where Washington never trailed. Had a 13-point lead midway through the fourth quarter. Texas rallied. Had four chances to take the lead in the final 15 seconds, but ended the game with three incompletions, and the Huskies survived 37-31. Their QB, Michael Penix Jr., threw for 430 yards. Championship game next Monday in Houston. Both Michigan and Washington will go in 14-0. Fiesta Bowl, all Oregon, 45-6 over Liberty. Bo Nix threw five TD passes. Citrus Bowl in Orlando, all Tennessee. 35-0 over Iowa. LSU won the Relya Quest in Tampa. 35-31 over Wisconsin. Knicks happy to start the new year at the Garden after an 0-3 road trip. They beat Minnesota. 112-106, 112-106, Julius Randle poured in 39 points. O.G. Ananobi made his Knicks debut, played 35 minutes before fouling out. He scored 17. In Toronto, R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly debuted for their new team, scored 19 and 14 points in a Raptors win over Cleveland. Outdoor hockey in Seattle, crowd of 47,000. you see the Kraken shut out as 3-0. John Stashan, Bloomberg Sports. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C.,
4: nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This
1: is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Amy Morris, and we are entering the first week of trading for 2024. As we do, most investment outlooks from major banks and advisors are predicting the same middle-of-the-road scenario for the coming year. An economic slowdown, a central bank pivot, and a late-year rebound. We're joined by Dennis Gartman, University of Akron Endowment Chairman and former publisher of the Gartman Letter, to sort of set us straight on what we can expect for the coming year. Now, Dennis, the dollar closed out its worst year since 2020. The S&P 500 rose nine straight weeks. Are these trends bound to continue.
0: I have my doubts as to the the latter trend will continue. I think stocks are extremely overbought. The market has uh, has risen on anticipation of three, four, five, six cuts in the overnight Fed funds rate by the Federal Reserve Bank. I have my doubts as to whether that will occur. I think that the Fed is done raising the overnight Fed funds rate. Over that, there's no doubt. But whether they're going to cut uh, five or six times, I think, is very doubtful. I think we have to anticipate the fact that the Fed will delay any any change in the overnight Fed funds rate lower to later this year. There's too much anticipation that the Fed will begin cutting the overnight funds rate by March. I think it will be late in the summer, maybe early into the, into the autumn before it happens. But we shall see. Time shall tell. I think stocks, however, are aggressively overbought, have been for some while. And it seems to me this, this looks very similar to what happened in 2021-2022 when we reached the high of the market on, on the opening day of 2020, 2021 and then ended up having a, a rather substantive decline in prices. So time shall tell. We'll see. But too much uh, anticipation of too much uh, easier possibilities on the part of the Fed that I don't think are going to happen.
1: Mm, now, we have a jobs report coming out on Friday. What yeah. are you watching for in that and how that might impact it?
0: I, long ago I quit, uh, anticipating the over, the, the, uh, the, uh, employment rates because of the fact that, uh, we, we, we tend to see such huge numbers of, uh, revisions from one month to the next. But right now the, the market is anticipating an increase of about 175 to 185,000 new jobs. We shall see if that, if that occurs. But, uh, it's, uh, it's one of the most radically, uh, Revised reports of the year every every month the, the revisions are forty to fifty thousand plus or minus. So right now the market is anticipating one hundred seventy five to one hundred eighty five thousand. Time shall tell.
1: Barclays predicting a softish landing. Vanguard, J P Morgan expecting a mild recession. But you know that's what everybody predicted for twenty twenty three as well. <laughs> What's the difference now?
0: I, I was one of the people that expected to see a recession in twenty twenty three and clearly we have not had that uh, the the market is now anticipating the the softest the best of all kind of, uh, of of soft landings imaginable i have my doubts as to whether that will occur but uh, that's what the market anticipates that's what the stock prices have anticipated and that's what the the world generally anticipates whether whether it happens or not is up for debate i have my doubts seriously though we are overextended to the upside We were long overdue on a recession because of the Fed's tightening monetary policy over the course of the past several years. And there's always long and reasonable lags between monetary policy and economic activity. And I think we'll be recessionary before the end of the year, but I don't think it'll be a substantive one. I think it'll be a very quiet one. Time, however, again, as I've said too many times already this morning, time (laughs) shall tell.
1: Yeah, I was about to ask you what kind of recession you were looking for. You're expecting a softish landing.
0: Yeah, yes. I think it'll be a very soft one, a very minor one. We've seen these uh, these types of recessions before, but I think it'll be a very a, a very quiet and uh, not 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 anything like we saw in seventy three seventy four, not anything like we saw in eighty one eighty two, not anything like we saw in, in 08-09, But it'll be a recession, and it'll be a, a quiet increase in over in the uh, in unemployment rate uh, to probably four or five percent before it's done.
1: What do you see with oil and gold in this new year?
0: gold is opening up very strongly right now and i think gold wants to go from the lower left to the upper right it's been a bull market for a while and i think gold wants to go higher clearly it's heading above 21000 before the the, the, the before too long i think it goes to 22 or 23000 before the year is out uh, i have been very bearish on crude oil for a while because the term structure has been overtly um, overly bearish with the front months leading on the downside and and, and failing to gain upon the back months when when the market rallies. But now, all of a sudden, we're starting to see the term structure beginning to change a little bit. And everybody's watching what's happening in the Gulf of Suez. I think that's only going to get worse, not better. And for the first time in months, I'm actually not bearish of crude oil. I'm starting to turn bullish of it. Time shall tell. But uh, this is the first time in months that I've actually been uh, have not been bearish on the crude oil market because of the changing nature of the term structure.
1: You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak today, your morning brief on the stories, making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond.
2: Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon
2: Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg
1: 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow.
2: Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.